Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific Time, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, and 9.40 Eastern Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on an app called SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast through by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, or Frank Lomas, Solutions, the Digit 4 Anti-Aging. These calls are archived back more than 11 years, and just there's a wealth of information in those podcasts, and hope that you find them beneficial. If you are listening to this and it's a podcast, you can pick us up live by dialing into 712-775-8972. And when it prompts for the code, put in 910022 to join us live, and we would be thrilled to have you with us. So when you're first starting out with that TR90 program, that is that good, clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day because that will give you macronutrients, micronutrients, and fiber. Guys need about 45 grams of fiber for good digestive health, and as ladies, we need about 32 grams of fiber for the same reason. Um, That helps keep your digestive system in good working order and keeps things moving along. The closer you get those fruits and vegetables to their original state, the better, because that's where all the macronutrients and micronutrients are. And fiber will still be there in many cases, but um, the other two maybe not so much. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is optimum, but if you're not able to do that, taking them with your meals will still work. Um, Just not quite as efficient as it could be otherwise. Drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated, and the current thinking is that at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if, for instance, you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking about 50 ounces of water daily or some other, or some liquid that um, helps to keep you hydrated. However, if you are um, working out heavily or you're in a humid area, you'll need to increase that to offset what you're losing in body moisture. Water's your best bet, but coffee and tea liquids still count, as does soup liquid if you're drinking more liquid soup. And just realize that there's some trade-offs with some of those other things that because they've been adulterated. 30 minutes a moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. Choose something you love to do or enjoy doing. Mix it up periodically. Keep your body guessing because you want to build your muscles up since that is part of the program um, of this lifestyle change that helps keep your momentum moving forward. Getting plenty of rest, seven to nine hours of rest nightly is highly encouraged. That actually your body does a whole bunch of system resets while you're sleeping to set you up for the next day. But you also, in doing that, your body, your mind stores your memories. It stores muscle memory. 
Um, it clears toxins out. It helps you to make good decisions the next day. And planning when you're on this program really is beneficial. So realize this is a lifestyle change. It's not something that you do once and then it's done with. <coughs> I think I've talked about all the key points. With that being said, I'm sharing some information today out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Hitting the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease, written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And last week, or last week we started out talking about um, a carbohydrate is a carbohydrate, or is it? We talked about glucose. Well, today we're going to start off by talking about ethanol, which is a grain alcohol, and then we'll be, probably be jumping into fructose, which is the other um, part of this chapter, which is called fructose, the, the toxin. Ethanol is naturally occurring byproduct of the carbohydrate metabolism called fermentation. Upon ingestion of 120 calories of ethanol, for example, a one-and-a-half-ounce shot of a 80-proof hard spirits, 10%, which is calories, or 12 calories, which is me metabolized in the stomach and the intestine, called the first pass effect. Then 10% is metabolized by the brain and other organs. The metabolism in the brain is what leads to the alcohol's intoxicating effect. Approximately 96 calories each reach the liver, four times more than the glucose, and that's important. It's the detrimental effects are dose-dependent. One, after ethanol enters the liver in high doses, it can promote ROS, which is that reactive oxygen species formation and cell damage. Two, in contrast to glucose, when, which went to glycogen, the ethanol goes straight to the mitochondria. Those are the little engines inside our cells. Three, any excess gets turned into fat by a process called de novo new lipogenesis fat making. The lipid buildup can lead to liver insulin resistance and inflammation. Number four, if this process continues, it can eventually cause alcoholic liver disease. This is a surefire prescription for a slow death or, at best, a liver transplant. Five, alternatively, the lipid can exit the liver and take up residence in the skeletal muscle, where it also induces insulin resistance, and can cause heart, attack, heart disease. Six, lastly, ethanol enhances its own consumption by acting on the brain's reward pathway. When this goes out of control, addiction sets in. Thus, for the same number of calories, ethanol is far more likely than glucose to call, cause chronic disease. Now we're getting into the third of our three types of um, sugars. Fructose. Fructose is never found alone in nature. Rather, it is always partnered with 
its more benign sister molecule, glucose. They both have the same chemical composition of C6H12O6, but they are hardly the same. Fructose is much worse. It starts with the Maillard or the browning action, reaction. This is the same action that turns hemoglobin in your red blood cells into hemoglobin A1C, in parentheses, HbA1C. The lab tests that doctors follow to determine how high a diabetic's blood sugar is has risen over time. The reaction product is brown. This is the reason bananas turn brown when time and also why the barbecue sauce caramelizes the meat underneath when exposed to heat. So you can brown your meat at 375 degrees for one hour, or you can brown your meat at 98.6 degrees for 75 years. The result is the same. The fructose drives the Maillard reaction seven times faster than glucose. This seemingly subtle difference can cause every cell in the body to age more rapidly, driving various degenerative processes such as aging, cancer, and cognitive decline. There are dozens of studies that now implicate fructose as a major player in causing metabolic syndrome. And in fact, it metabolizes, metabolizes a lot like ethanol. Now let's consume 120 calories of sucrose, 60 of glucose, and 60 of fructose, for example, and an ounce glass of orange juice. As I mentioned before, juice is just as bad as soda, if not worse. The 60 calories of glucose do the same 20-80 split, so 12 calories of glucose will enter the liver, but unlike the glucose, which can be metabolized by all of the organs, the liver is the primary site of fructose metabolism. Although the kidney has the capacity to metabolize a few calories in rare cases, give or take, the whole 60 calories of fructose end up in the liver, so the liver gets 72 calorie dose, triple the amount as with the glucose alone. The unique metabolism of fructose can induce each of the phenomenon associated with metabolic syndrome. One, triple the dose means the liver needs triple the energy to metabolize this combo versus glucose alone, depleting the liver cell of adenosine triphosphate, or ATP, a vital chemical that conveys energy within cells. ATP depletion leads to the generation of the waste product, uric acid. Uric acid causes gout and increases blood pressure. Two, the fructose does not go to glycogen. It goes straight to the mitochondria. Excess acetyl-CoA is formed, exceeding the mitochondria's ability to metabolize it. Number three, the excess acetyl-CoA leaves the mitochondria and gets metabolized into fat, which can promote heart disease, 
Number four, fructose activates a liver enzyme, which is the bridge between liver metabolism and inflammation. This inactivates a key messenger of insulin action, leading the liver insulin resistance. Five, the lack of insulin effect in the liver means that there is no method to keep the glucose down, so the blood glucose rises, which can eventually lead to diabetes. Number six, the liver insulin resistance means that the pancreas has to release extra insulin, which can force extra energy into fat cells, leading to obesity. And the fat cells that fill up most are in the visceral fat, the bad kind associated with metabolic disease. Number seven, the high insulin can also drive the growth of many cancers. Number eight, the high insulin blocks leptin signaling, giving the hypothalamus the false sense of starvation and causing you to eat more. Number nine, Fructose may also contribute to breakdown of the intestinal barrier. Normally, the intestine prevents bacteria from entering the bloodstream. This intestinal barrier may lead to a breach in the walls of the intestine. The result is, quote-unquote, leaky gut, which could increase the body's exposure to inflammation and mar more of the ROS, or reactive oxygen species. This worsens insulin resistance and drives the insulin levels even higher. Number 10, fructose undergoes the Maillard or Browning reaction seven times faster than glucose and can damage cells directly. Although experiments are in their infancy, preliminary results suggest that in a susceptible environment, Fructose can accelerate aging and the development of cancer. Number 11. And last, the data on fructose and dementia in humans are currently co-relative and indirect. Or correlated, excuse me, correlated and indirect. However, the data on insulin resistance and dementia show clear causation. African Americans and Latinos are the biggest fructose consumers and those with the highest waist circumference, which is a marker for insulin resistance. Coincidentally, they also have the highest risk for dementia. And with that, I think we've reached the end for today. And tomorrow we'll pick up with fructose versus ethanol. Pick your poison. I hope you enjoyed this. I welcome any thoughts or comments you may have at the um, as soon as I take us off mute, also at the top of the hour, if you scoot over to Facebook One Team Global Live, you'll catch one of our leaders sharing some information on how to build a new team business if that's something you're interested in. I want you to have a really great day, and I look forward to hearing your comments. So there we have it. What? The ins and outs of the three different types of sugar, my friends. The uh, fructose, the ethanol, and if I remember right, there was a third one, which was the first one. 
which was, oh my goodness, glucose. So glucose, ethanol, and fructose. So we have three different types of sugars and all react differently in our bodies. If there's no other thoughts or comments, I'm going to stop the recording, and I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. We'll have Frank up on Friday. Have a great day, one and all.